0: So we're continuing in uh, going through Erwin Lutzer's book mainly on seven reasons why you can trust the Bible. And last week was just an introduction. There's a need for it, um, even in the church, right? We, we hear so much from media that, that puts doubt on the Bible and it's needed now more than ever and it's just as reliable as it's ever been. So he lists seven reasons I had thought I only have two more weeks. I would get three or four this week and three or four next week. Uh, as I was studying, I backed it down to try to do two or three, and now I'm down to one or two. So we're gonna we're gonna move pretty fast. And as my the pastor at the church where I grew up said, if you'll listen real quick, we'll get through two of
1: them.
0: Okay, the claims of the Bible. This is reason one, a logical reason. Okay. Um, you know what circular reasoning is? reasoning is, right? Where uh, I say it's true, therefore it has to be true because I said it's true. It's like whatever you're saying, it depends on the other thing, right? It, it's, there's nothing else to build it on. So this is a complaint about the Bible that you hear from those that don't believe is, well, yeah, the Bible says it's the Word of God, but so what if it's not the Word of God, then you can't believe that either, right? So isn't this just circular reasoning? Um, is it reasonable to accept the Bible as God's word just because it says it is? Well, if, you, if, you, if that's all you have to go on, no, it wouldn't be. It's not. Um, but should we ignore what the Bible says about itself? So imagine that someone showed up from another country and we don't know anything about them. Uh, we know they arrive maybe somewhere in, from somewhere in Europe. Uh, they look like they're in, on important business. We probably, if this was at a high level, like as a government, as a nation, we'd want to check them out, uh, find out what we can, find out the truth about them. But would we not also want to interview them? Would we not want to ask them, why are you here, who are you? Uh, It would only make sense right sure you you verify this stuff But you can learn things about him by asking him that you could never learn any other way, right? He's gonna know details and facts that you could never get from a a background check that that you try to do across the ocean, right? so We should listen and verify but listen to what the Bible says about itself. We're familiar with 2nd Timothy 3 in 16 and 17, uh, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction and in righteousness. And that word inspiration, it sounds like inspire, like to breathe in. Actually, the meaning in Greek, uh, as I'm told and read, means to breathe out. It, it is breathed out of God. It came from God. In the Old Testament we uh, we see phrases like it's from the mouth of God Um, by the word of the Lord were the heavens made and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth Um, so God is the creator and he used men to write the scriptures he gave the ideas they became men's ideas and they accurately wrote them down and recorded what God wanted them to record okay we'll we'll talk more about this but at some level it's like the Trinity you can understand it to a a one point and then you have to accept it we talked about that last week there's gonna be plenty of evidence if you are looking and if you're truly seeking to believe the Bible there's also gonna be plenty of room that if you are really proud of your skepticism or you know and I'm I'm not trying to be funny but like a lot of the world is uh, there's plenty of room to reject it right there there is room for faith still but there are good reasons that we're going to look at so let's look at the claims of the old testament there are hundreds of places where god is described as speaking right he uh, he talked to adam and eve in the garden he called abram and later on like when he was making a covenant he had long conversations with abram Uh, Moses and God had long conversations when they prayed, when he was on the mountain. Um, uh, All of God's revelations to his prophets, which the Old Testament is full of. uh, Right? You hear things like the Lord said, um, Exodus 20, Then God spoke all these words, saying, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me, and so on. In Deuteronomy 8, Man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by everything that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord. Okay, so the Old Testament is telling us this came from the mouth of the Lord. Um, another point is God spoke through words, not just general ideas. Okay, a true prophet, we're told in Deuteronomy 18, speaks God's words. Uh, he says over and over, I will put my words in his mouth. Um, I will put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak to them all that I command him. And it shall be that whoever will not hear my words, which he speaks in my name, I will require it of him. And then it talks about a prophet that doesn't speak the truth, it should be put to death. Uh, so, who wrote Psalm 2? It's not, you don't have to look it up. It, as many of the Psalms, David wrote it. But the apostles quoted Psalm 2. And in Acts chapter 4, who did they say wrote Psalm 2? Lord, you are God, who by the mouth of your servant David have said, and then they go on and quote it. So they say, God wrote it, right? That was Old Testament, that was the scripture they had in their day. So there are descriptions of the Old Testament, of God's word in the Old Testament. Uh, The words of the Lord are pure, as silver tried in the furnace on earth, refined seven times. That means pure is freedom from imperfections. It is tried. As for God, His way is blameless. The word of the Lord is tried. That means it is flawless. It's been put to the test and proven. It is enduring. We see verses like, Forever, O Lord, Thy word is settled in heaven. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God stands forever. So claims of the New Testament.
2: Um,
0: the New Testament authors cited the Old Testament as the Word of God, but they also placed their letters at the same level. You know, they referred to their writings as scripture in places. Um There are places that God spoke directly from heaven in the New Testament. Uh, Jesus' baptism, we heard God speak. He descended like a dove and spoke directly from heaven. At Jesus' transfiguration, he spoke directly. Uh, As Jesus approached the crucifixion, God spoke directly from heaven again. So we see by the record of the New Testament that God can speak and he does. claims of the New Testament still Paul he wrote we talked last week about who wrote more of the New Testament than anybody else obviously Paul was uh, near the top of the list there if if not number one Uh, he wrote more of the number of books of the Bible than anybody uh, at least 13 of them he claimed that he got revelations directly from God if anyone thinks himself to be a prophet or spiritual, Paul said, let him acknowledge that the things which I write to you are the commandment of the Lord. Peter, he linked the word that he was preaching with the unchangeable words of the Old Testament. The grass withers, this is a quote, he's quoting the Old Testament. The grass withers and its flower falls away, but the words, the word of the Lord endures forever. Now this is the word by which the gospel was preached to you, and he's referring To his preaching his message to the people he's saying just like other scripture the Old Testament is going to endure forever this is the message I'm preaching you is the same John claimed that his visions were words of the Lord and you know in Revelation at the end in chapter 22 he warned don't add to or take away from these words Okay, so throughout the Bible, um, there are about 1,500 claims that this is from God. That these, these are words of the Lord. <clears throat> yeah, hang on. Uh, so, uh, sorry, I'm getting work, work notifications here.
1: <laughs> I think my
0: time cards do. Anyway, <clears throat> So we have, the Bible is not is not just one book, right? It's a library of sixty six books, but they have a consistent voice through the whole thing. Uh, that these words, the the message throughout the whole thing, these words come from God. So if everybody in the Bible is saying this is this is from God, were they deceived? Were they lying? And this is from a book, it's, it's inspired the highest standards of morality around the world, right? Um, it's given us the most consistent worldview. Um, it's told us about Christ who's admired you know, by believers and non-believers alike, uh, regardless of what you think about him. Um, so could this book, could this whole thing be built on Deception after deception, either the writers being deceived or them trying to deceive their readers. It's something to think about, right? It's reasons. The unity of the Bible. Um, You know, Joseph Smith claimed to have had a revelation from God. um, The Book of Mormon. But you know what? It's been shown to be untrustworthy. He made claims that later archaeology and different studies, you know, the Rosetta Stone, teaching us what hieroglyphics from Egypt meant, all these things, nothing is—it's not—it's not true, and it can't be trusted. And it, it's anybody with an honest uh, look into that would would agree, right? There are no other no other prophets that are claiming the same thing. It was written by a single person. It was one author. Uh, a lot of it plagiarized. Okay, Muhammad wrote the Quran, The Quran. Koran. Um, it's it's sort of in the same boat, right? It's it was one person. No other prophets are are saying the same thing. No, no nothing else is corroborating the claims. But the Bible is different, okay? As we said, it's a library. It's not just a single book. You know, 66 books, about 40 authors, um, about because we're not certain who wrote (laughs) Hebrews, uh, given over a period of 1,500 years, and yet it presents one storyline. Right? You think about one book by one man, and it's so full of inconsistencies. 66 books written over 1,500 years by 40 people, and yet the storyline flows all the way through. What are the odds? So we already covered written over 15 centuries. It was written in three languages. Empires rose and fell during the writing of it. Cultures came and went. The, the times were changing. Um, it was written by, over, uh, by 40 human authors Look at the the variety of backgrounds they came from. Kings, fishermen, tax collectors, uh, shepherds, even a doctor. How can all of these people over so many years and cultures and everything blend together and meld together the way the Bible does? Um, You know, Moses was very highly educated. He had the best education in the world growing up in Egypt. in in the royal household there. Peter was a fisherman. Okay, it's very different. So we talked about they were written under under different circumstances. Um, It was over three continents, Asia, Africa, Europe. Paul wrote from a dungeon in Rome. Uh, James wrote from Jerusalem. Moses wrote from Sinai. Daniel wrote from Babylon. Uh, the topics it covers, uh, you know, the nature of God, what, what God's purposes for us are, the, the characteristics of good and evil agents, angels and demons, and the nature of man, uh, God's plan for redemption. So how hard would it be to get how hard would it be to get ten men to agree on one of these topics if you had ten people write a book on one of these varied theological topics? You're going to have a good bit of discrepancy, don't you think? So, what about 40 authors writing? It should, shouldn't match up at all, right?
3: Billy?: Yes. In a time where transportation was primitive, mm-hmm. there was no Internet to connect all these people. That's right. You know, all of that figures in too.
0: That's right. Yeah, yeah, you couldn't just pick up the phone or turn on the TV or get, you know, search the internet. It was written over a wide geographical area, and we talked about the time span. So imagine, to imagine, to to get a picture of how amazing this is, imagine a book on medicine. A medical book written by 40 authors over a period of 1,500 years that's so up-to-date it can still cure the sick today. Yeah, I mean, can you imagine using a medical book that was written starting at least 1,500 years ago, even if it only completed today? I mean, it's, it's impossible, right? Only God could do this. Okay, the unity of the theme. So there's only one theme. The authors, The authors chose what they wrote in light of the overall theme that they intended to convey, right? So, in some way, God gave them freedom of what to write as long as it was the truth he was wanting them to write. That's why we can see different personalities and, and writing styles, even though the message is consistent, the message is from God. He, he gave the message and then let them um, pin it down. But there's, there's only one theme to the Bible that is Christ and the redemption He provides. Uh, from start to finish. Another way to think of that is the same thing. You could, you could say that it's sin and grace. Right? Man's sin and how God redeems him. So Jesus also confirmed this, right? He he said that the theme of the Bible was about him. It was his own coming. He said, uh, Search the Scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life. And they are they which testify of me. The Scriptures are they which testify of me. And the Scripture in Jesus' day was what? The Old Testament. That's what they had. That was the Scripture. He said, It's about me. He said, Had you believed in Moses, you would have believed me, for he wrote of me. And... You know they didn't see that right away they he had to explain it to them but jesus was confirming yeah the the torah the pentateuch that you prize so much uh, it was written about me and then on the road to emmaus uh, there's too much there to write down and i'm not going to read all of it but you know he was walking with some disciples after the crucifixion they didn't realize there had been a resurrection they were all sad and he walked with them and didn't tell them right away who he was. And he was explaining to them about the Bible, right? He, he gave them a long Bible lesson uh, through the whole thing. At, in Luke 24, he said, Then he said to them, O fools and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself all through the scripture he, he explained to them how it applied to him it was about him and a, a little later in the same chapter and he said unto them these are these are the words which i spake unto you while i was yet with you that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of moses and in the prophets and in the and in the psalms concerning me okay so the Old Testament, you, you might be familiar, was broken up into three big categories, like the the law, the prophets, the writings. Uh, and Jesus called out each one of them and said, uh, each of those things, it, it's, it was concerning me. So, I mean, this isn't really in the notes, but think of this as we go along. Either Jesus was lying. You heard the quotes from C.S. Lewis, right? He was lying or... Insane, or or the writers were lying, but but everybody is agreeing here. And Jesus, whom we said even the skeptics have some admiration for, if they don't don't believe who he was, um, said this about himself. He said, "The Bible's about me." The unity of the structure, meaning the Old Testament and the New Testament, uh, how they weave together. You, you know, there was like a 400 year gap between the close of the Old Testament and the start of the New Testament. Um, there's a, a quote a saying, The new is in the old concealed, the old is in the new revealed. <clears throat> so we see about 180 times in the New Testament, the Old Testament is quoted. Okay, it, the New Testament's referring back to it. And besides that, it talks about uh, events that happened and and people that happened, people that were there, you know, events that happened. The whole Old Testament is pointing toward a future day when God will personally redeem fallen humanity. Even if you you can't see, or back then you couldn't have seen that it was Jesus, um, you still knew that there was some future redemption coming. That was obvious, that it was prophesied. This, the way this weaves together it it's beyond human explanation okay in Genesis 1 it says in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth you've probably heard this the Hebrew word for God is plural the text clearly teaches that there is one God right they didn't know anything about the Trinity then when when Genesis was written the Trinity had not been revealed, that, that concept had not come about, and yet the plural word was used for God. Who, that was like the main tenet of Judaism, right? Is, or, or belief in God even before that is there's one God. Why was the plural word used? Because God wrote it. God knew what was gonna be revealed later. You know, by the time we get to the New Testament, we can see it, we can put it together, and now the New Testament already fits it because it wasn't just man's words, it was God's words. The unity of the symbolism. Um, there, are, there are symbols in the Old Testament that match up in the New Testament, back and forth. Uh, leaven is used to represent uh, evil or sin in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. Uh, The book of Leviticus and the book of Hebrews, if you look at those, the symbolism parallels each other. The book of Daniel and the book of Revelation, uh, it has matching symbolism. And yet, the newer adds revelation to it. it. It refers back to it, lets you know that it's connected with it, and gives us new information. So what does this show us? A single mind was behind the whole project. Right? From start to finish, um, it wasn't that these guys got together and conspired to, to try to make something that matched. That would have been impossible. Okay. That was the end of reason one. I'm trying to decide whether to jump into reason two. Uh, we might not finish it, but we're going to go ahead. Does, does anybody have anything they're wanting to say about uh, this reason one, a logical reason, before we move on?
4: Hey, can I ask a question? Yeah.
0: <clears throat> and I've thought about it a lot, not at, like the New Testament and stuff. I'm not trying to throw a wrench in anything. But, like, okay, so let's say who wrote the writer of Hebrews. Obviously, he would have been extremely familiar with the Old Testament. Yeah. So, who's to say that they didn't fill in their writings with that symbolism that they yep. got from that, right? Exactly. That's a great question. And no doubt that charge. Is leveled against it. Yeah. Um, I'm not trying. It's oh, I not, understand. No, I understand. <laughs> yeah. we're, we're we're wanting to study these things. We want to not be afraid to look into every question like that. Okay, so yeah, please bring it up. Um, like we said, this is one piece of evidence, right? All the other things we covered in this first reason are pieces of evidence. All the other six reasons we're going to look at are going to have pieces of evidence. And there's still going to be room to disbelieve if you choose to disbelieve. So is this matching up absolute proof that it was one mind that wrote the whole thing? No, it's not. But when you consider all the other things and the way it matches up and things that could not have been done by man and then you also take into consideration the things it says about itself and the reliability of it on so many things that we've yet to look at Um, then then you can also look at this and decide does it make sense that that they one copied from the other one or did they both get a revelation from God I have no doubt that the author of Hebrews was familiar with Leviticus Um, and you know, they got to write down as long as it was within God's will and God's plan, how they wanted to write it down. So yeah, they, they probably drew from it. But um, it's more everything combined, like all the a faith issue. In the end it's
3: always an element of faith. Yes, like everything else.
0: There there is always an element of faith. But what we hope to show in this is that it's not blind faith. We talked about that in the lesson a few months ago. Um Faith, just because you want to believe it very strongly that you can make it true, that's not, that's not what biblical faith is. Biblical faith is trusting the one that gave you a, a message or told you something because you know that they're reliable. And so then you trust what they'll say for the future, right?
1: I would say, Billy, it speaks to your point that the Bible was written over generations over different um, rulers over different lifestyles. I can't think of any other time that what was written about in Leviticus a thousand years later somebody would want to agree with Mm -hmm. and so that the truth remains consistent over ten generations that somebody would write Hebrews and still refer back speaks to God's everlasting truth that it is how he created us to live that despite kingdoms and rulers and lifestyles and preferences that changed over that thousand years, somebody would still be inspired to say, we, we still need to live this way because it is the way we were created to live. So it is still appealing to our, our, our God nature, despite kind of being in conflict with our sin nature. So yeah, I think huh. that was- that's a good point. Mm-hmm.
0: And... Um, what are the odds that if you're going to draw on something that was written a long time ago, but yet a lot of people like in Judaism, this was studied and known. What are the odds that you're going to write something that's going to like seriously conflict with the first one? If you're trying to use so many elements of the older book, aren't, aren't you really likely to like mess up? Yeah. And we don't see that. Um, and so, yeah, there's room for both. You can have people like Casey that look at it and see that they may match up, and then you can have people like Matt that say, but... <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I,
4: <laughs> okay.
0: Anything else we are... We're running a little short to start a new topic, so if you, if you have anything to discuss about reason one, I think that'd be a you know, good thing to go ahead, and I'll just save reason two for next week. Well, Yeah. Um, uh, Ryan, go ahead, and then we'll get to Darla.
4: Okay. Well, going off of what Darla said, like the, the element of
0: faith, uh,
4: I've heard Brian say in a class that like when you're when you're talking with lost world, they'll say your truth claim does not trump my personal narrative, and and so you talked last week about like that, I mean we need to think about this not as this is our truth, like this is truth. Right. There is no. There is no. I have faith that this is true versus I have faith that it's not. It's like, no, no, no. Whether you believe it or not, this is true. Right. And so what you're doing and, and, and what this study does is it it is a revelation that outside of our faith, the Bible is true. Right. And, and that is what we need to be armed with because we, we live in a world where someone will say, that's nice for you, I'm glad you have that but that just doesn't work for me. And it's like, well, realize that you're denying truth. It's like, I mean, it's like anything. It's like saying I throw something up, it's not going to come down because that doesn't work for me. That's not the reality of, of the world we live in. Right? No. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, and, and I want to say like, just to add to the point that I have here,
0: I'm not saying that that makes it any less true that they're referencing, it, right? Like, oh, yeah, I feel yeah. like it makes it even more so. They're referencing it because to, to Casey's point, is still relevant. Yeah. Then, right, thousands of years later, however, you know. Oh yeah. And but, I, look, I, that was—it's a great point because it—it it crossed my mind too, right? It's so I'm—I'm I'm glad you brought it up. Did you? Want to say something? Uh, you brought up uh, Mormonism and that they have a
3: prophet and he received. I, uh, when I used to work, I had uh, some exposure to a very devout woman And uh, as the first person that ever said to me, uh, well, I don't understand what y'all's big deal is because we believe in the same Jesus. And that's one of the things my little radars, you know, and I was like, oh wait, no we don't. But I didn't say that. And, But I found it very interesting as I got to know her and learn about Mormonism that they claim also to believe the Bible, which to me is absurd because their revelation and the Bible are not even close. So how can they, you know, it, it contradicts the Bible. And so, to me, I was just like, oh my goodness, because all this stuff that they believe in is not in the Bible, and Mm -hmm. what is in the Bible contradicts what they're saying.
0: Yeah, it's like you you have to redefine. (laughs) You see that in in culture today, even politically and so on. You have to redefine things to not mean what they've always meant in order to say you (laughs) believe the Bible and the Book of Mormon, right? Like, it, you can't, there can't just be one God that's all-powerful and all-knowing and has always existed, and we're all moving toward becoming the same thing. Right. Yeah.
3: Uh, off of what Ryan said, uh, what I'm finding is that, especially in the this justice, uh, social justice that we're being bombarded with, which, you know, I, I don't have anything against, but... They especially like to pull out certain truths of the scripture, of our scripture, and use them in you know, even Jesus taught blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. But it's not it it aligns with their truth because they're they want to do good things like Jesus did, but the rest of the Bible is not applicable. Yeah. And and that's judge so,
0: not that you be not judged, right? Yeah, it's so
3: glaring to me because they want from them the things that align with their world view, especially if they're involved in social justice, yep. which I'm finding is pretty much a religion. Oh, yeah. Uh, because everyone is trying to rescue the world
0: in mm-hmm. their own way. But Yeah, there are a lot of... Yeah, it is a religion. Yeah. I, I don't have... I'm going <laughs> to... I started to say some things without a whole a lessons worth of background behind it and i'll probably make people mad so i won't say it but there are a lot of things that are religions i believe today and i actually think most people in the room would agree with me but i don't want to offend anybody without i don't want to just throw it out there like a throw a firebomb and run away
4: but um, but
0: yeah there there's a lack of belief in absolute truth these days Ab- absolutely there is a lack of belief in absolute truth um, And yet it exists, right? Whether you believe it or not, you know, if you step out in front of the bus, it's going to hurt, right? Uh, It doesn't matter if you believe it's going to or not, right? There are there are absolute truths, and the Bible is true whether we want to believe it or do believe it or not. So, yeah, Doug.
2: God says His word won't come back to him void. I mean, He gives everybody the opportunity believe uh, so when the word is presented he's given that opportunity to everyone to believe and it is a faith issue mm-hmm. and um, I don't know, you could go down several of avenues, predestination and all that but it's interesting is to show you can I've been on airplanes before I've been on trains trying to talk to someone and they just just present the Word of God and let God
0: do his thing. <laughs> yeah, um, Noah was talking to me last night, I think, and saying, you know, he hopes, he, he's, he's studying to teach English as a second language and um, he has a real heart for the Lord. He was saying he, he hopes he can use that to, to be a witness to people as he's teaching them English. Mm-hmm. And um, and he and Micah and, and our other kids, too, they, they've handed out a lot of tracts. Uh, they've learned that uh, uh, largely from Robin's mom. Uh, and, you know, Robin, and we, we've helped some, too, but um, he's handed out a lot of tracts, and he said, I hope that somebody has come to know the Lord from that. I, I don't know. Maybe I never will. Uh, but I said, I have almost no doubt that somebody has read that and it's moved them closer. You know, not everybody <laughs> trusts the Lord the moment they first hear the gospel, but it makes them start thinking. It makes them open up to consider a little more and a little more. You, Doug, you got a testimony that way?
2: That happened to me as a young man, uh, walking through a large field. Uh, I mean, this is like a couple of acres big, and I'm walking through these weeds up to my waist, and I'm, there's a little path there, and I looked down and I see there's a piece of paper. It was a trap. and it really got me thinking. And it was just another series of events that were going on, but I read that and I thought, whoa, you know. And that stayed here. It was a lot of God's word was in it. And yeah.
0: Yeah, and I guess that was back to your point of, you know, we should we should present the Bible, we should present the Word, present the gospel, and we might not know if it does any good. We might not see it. Uh, but that's really not even our job, right? Our job is to present it. And, uh, yeah. Now
1: the Bible, there's there's so many different varieties. You have the NIV, you okay. have the Christian, you have, but the the word the meaning is still the same, but the wording is a little easier in different versions for us to understand when you start reading the thousand, it makes it more difficult to understand the word. Mm -hmm. So even though all of us may have a different Bible or maybe two or three of us have the same, when we read it, the meaning there is still the same. Some have bigger words, some have simpler words, but it's the interpretation um, is the same. Mm you know, that consistency, even though there's different versions. But when you start thinking of other people like Joyce Myers and everything that are trying to sell the Joyce Meyers book and Bible and stuff, then there's a diversion. I That's just my opinion because it's somebody else yeah. selling something for money, you know, and how true is the word from
0: here. Yeah, and hopefully, I I haven't heard of that, but I know there are like, there are a lot of preachers that I respect that have their own study Bibles. Of course, the text of the Bible was not edited by them. They just added notes to it, right? So I'm hoping that Joyce Meyer or whatever is, 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 you know, either NIV, ESV, something that, you know, the translation part. Um, Yeah, Bible translations, that's a whole other topic. That's one of those things I wouldn't want to Throw, throw a comment out there and not back it up. But yeah, I, we, we can trust that we have God's Word today. I'll just leave it at that, okay? For lots of reasons that we covered a little bit and we'll cover more. I think we're about out of time. So um, we'll pray real quick and we'll see you next week. God, thank you for your Word. Help us to love it more. Help us to study it more. Help us to share it more. Bless the, the worship time that's coming up and uh, turn our hearts to you Let us love you more when we leave than when we came in. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.